0: Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. I would die and go to hell before I would sell an annuity.
1: Hmm, that sounds like a man who doesn't understand the impact of annuities or hell. Ken Fisher is just one of many voices that hate on annuities. What's behind that? And are any investment products all bad or all good? Instead of one-liners, we're giving you real info today.
0: This is the Get Ready for the Future Show.
1: We are locked and loaded for a very good, good Get Ready for the Future show today. Glad to have you along all across the state of Arkansas. My name is Scott Inman. Hope you're having a great Saturday as we get closer and closer to the end of 2019 and closer to the Christmas season. Troy Johnson is to my left. Good morning to you. Good morning. Doing okay this weekend? Yes, sir. Yeah. John Shrewsbury to my right. I am here. And Chad Roller is occupying Janet Walker's chair today. Janet's off this week. Good morning. You don't sound anything like her.
2: That's all right. (laughs) You weren't trying to, were you?
1: That is all right. Hey, we've got a good show today. I'm certainly relieved. I can tell you that. Yes, no question about that. As you heard in the open there... There are is a lot of hate on annuities out there. That is probably one of the most uh, prolific guys out there who really rails against the product. And we're going to go inside that. And as we mentioned in the open today, give you real info. You know, it's easy to get on a platform, and in that case, that came from. Uh, a video or I think it was actually a commercial that yep. he does that—that that is a blanket statement. Now, now, let's walk through that, okay? And and, and we're going to talk about some other people who really go against uh, annuities as well. And And we're not here to tell you the reverse of that is true, that it's always the best thing for someone either. What I'd like you to start when you listen to today's show to think about is if anybody's standing up there and recording a commercial, never met you, Never knows not know anything about you and is saying across the board that anything, be it annuities, be it any investment product, is awful. And I would rather go to hell than to sell one of those. Think about the logic behind that. He has a dead set approach, John, that he doesn't want to touch him even if they might be something that's useful.
3: Well, let's just say that anybody that professes that they'd rather go to hell than do anything, Yes, you've got to kind of question their intellectual aptitude. I just, you know, if hell is a literal place, and I believe it is, then I'd rather do anything than go to hell, quite frankly. And yeah. so, you know, the, the key here, Scott, is that anytime a blanket statement is made like that, there is a story behind the story. And I don't have any idea other than losing a lot of money these days for a completely different reason. I don't know anything about Ken Fisher's business. But what I do know is that he doesn't sell annuities and he tries to get people to buy his stock tips, basically. And so, you know, there isn't an agenda there. Anytime anybody tells you blank is always bad, I've come to know in my 32 years in the investment business that there is a time and a place for virtually every uh, financial instrument that is out there, save maybe a few that were created just to be, you know, money machines for, uh, you know, uh, some operation or whatever the case may be. But let's talk about annuities because annuities do get a bad rap. But here's the the retort to the Ken Fisher: I'd rather die and go to hell than sell to an, uh, sell anyone an annuity. I'd rather die and just about do anything than to have to look face to face across the table at a client and say, "I'm sorry, you don't have any more income because you ran out of money because we couldn't control what was going on with the ups and downs of the market." Troy.
4: Yeah, and that's the main thing that we use annuities for. They can be used for a few different, um, a few different to accomplish a few different things here at Gym Wealth. But uh, guaranteed lifetime income is what we're using annuities for 99 percent of the time.
3: You know there uh let's not uh give Ken Fisher just a break for just a moment. Let's talk about Susie Orman, because for Mm -hmm. a long time, Susie Orman was just negative, negative, negative about annuities. She's actually changed her tune, which is actually a a, a come full circle for Susie Orman, because way back in the day, she was a Merrill Lynch advisor and was the number one annuity seller in the state of California, as I understand it. So, you know, it really does depend on, on who's yanking your chain, what you say. Today on the show, as Scott said, what we want to do is to provide some straight talk about this, because because you know, anytime there's a conversation, there is there are two opinions and there's the facts, which are right, right in the middle somewhere. And that's where we want to land today, Chad, is to always be straight with our clients and always tell them the good and the bad of any particular investment.
2: Absolutely. And you use the word investment. So I think you got to step back and take a look at what is truly an investment and what is truly an annuity. And I think annuity kind of, you know, basically combines the two in that you got to realize that the annuity is a contract with an insurance company. And when you really step back and take a look and say, okay, what am I actually doing? How do I separate the investment and the insurance contract side of things? you got to realize that we insure everything throughout life. And so typically, you know, clients are saying, well, you know, as an investment, uh, you know, purely an annuity as an investment is not a good deal. Okay. But you got to truly step back and take a look and see what you're doing. You're trying to accomplish that insurance
3: aspect to that investment portion. So let's put this a little bit different way and, and put it in a way that everybody can understand it. Scott, you have a valuable home. I have a valuable home. Everybody here and probably everybody listening to this program, majority of the people listening to this program have a lot of value in their home. Now, let's say for one moment that none of us had a mortgage, that we just own our house outright. Here's the question. Would you ever consider canceling your homeowner's insurance and saying, you know what, I'm just going to take my chances that a tornado won't hit or a windstorm won't take the roof off or a fire won't happen or whatever malady might come along. I'm just going to take my chances. Scott, would you do that? I would never do that. Troy? No way. Chad? No. Not going to happen, right? Well, think about this. What's more valuable is your investment portfolio, your retirement portfolio, and the income that it derive that derives from that is it more valuable than your home And chances are, yes, it is. It's going to provide you more income than you're going to pay for that home. And also, just on a net value, it's worth more than your home is. So why, if you are dependent upon something to produce income, why would you not want to think about insuring a portion of that income? And we'll get into why you insure a portion as opposed to all of it in Mm -hmm. just a moment. But you have to just logically think about this. You have a valuable asset that is at risk if you are investing in the market, and so how do you mitigate that risk? How do you deal with that risk? You know, there are about four ways that you can deal with risk. One of them is you can ignore it and hope that it doesn't happen. And, and that's not a strategy by any stretch of the imagination. The other thing is, is, is that you could, you could accept that risk and just say, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to take this on. I've got enough money that it won't matter if that goes down by 50% or whatever. I'll, stu- I'll still be okay. Now, most folks are not in that situation, so you can't deal with that. Now, the other thing that you can do is try to manage that risk, and that may or may not work, and hope I don't think is a strategy, or you can insure that risk, or you can transfer that risk, and that's essentially what you're doing with any insurance product is you're giving that risk over to a well-capitalized insurance company and say, protect me. Now, Troy, in this case, we're not protecting the actual dollar amount of the asset in most cases, but what we are doing is we're protecting that income.
4: Yeah, we're making sure that that income never goes away. That's in the contract between you and the annuity company. Uh, And here at Wealth, whenever we do put together these retirement plans, we want to focus on managing risk and transferring a portion of that risk. Out of the four options that you have, that's the two that we want to try to try to do the best here.
1: Well, here's the bottom line. We believe your retirement should be more transparent. And, and again, as we started talking about Ken Fisher and Susie Ormond, you have to think about the way they are portraying their messages. They are either trying to sell a book or they're trying to guide you into what they want to sell you. Here, it's the opposite on this Get Ready for the Future show. We're trying to give you information. No investment product is all good or all bad. And we're going to really go under the hood of annuities. If you've heard that word and have no idea what they are or how they work, you'll want to stay tuned. The Get Ready for the Future show is just getting started back in
0: a moment. This is how we Education driven, strategy based, team delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we'll be right back.
1: Do you worry about retiring? How much is enough? Can I achieve my retirement goals? Hi, I'm Scott Inman for GenWealth Financial Advisors, and we've been helping our Kansans retire for 14 years. Get answers in less time than it takes to check social media. Visit 15 minuteretirementcom and we'll gather some information, analyze your success rate, and provide the coaching for any needed changes. Type 15 minuteretirementcom to get started on your 15 minute retirement checkup today. Securities offered through LPL Financial member FINRA, SIPC.
0: Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing.
1: Well, November is off to a pretty good start uh, in the stock market as we continue to look at year-end. What do we see coming in the stock market, the S&P 500, in the last couple of months of the year? And then a little bit farther out, we obviously are still looking at the fundamentals, John. We're still looking at do we see a recession on the horizon? We use LPL research to guide us. We use other things to guide us as well. There's no consensus on this. We do know, again, that we're closing in now on 11 years into this bull market. We know we're closer today than we were yesterday to the next uh, significant downturn. And depending on what you read, we could be looking at one to three years out somewhere in that time frame. We're obviously not predicting that time frame at all. But in the shorter term, it still looks like everything we see, John, that the bull
3: market has legs. Absolutely. And so, you know, if you go back to the the philosophy of Sir Isaac Newton, who basically said an object in motion tends to remain in motion along a straight line unless it's acted upon by an outside force. And what we don't see right now is a whole lot of outside forces acting to break the momentum of the market. And momentum is really a big deal. Here's a statistic. When you go into November and look back on the year, anytime the market, since 1950, anytime the market has been up at the uh, point of the start of November, over 20%, the average for November and December, Scott, even in bad times, the average has been about 6% gain in November and December. So Mm -hmm. the momentum of the previous 10 months in the market could drive November and December to be very productive finishes. To 2019. That's
1: pretty significant. Six percent yeah. average over a two-month time frame. So we could definitely be looking at a surge here towards the end of 2019. Now, when you talk about uh, the other side of the equation. Uh, and and maybe how it applies even to our topic today on the Get Ready for the Future show. We're talking about annuities on the uh, radio side. Uh, there's also some really inf- interesting data here with regard to to pensions and what they're doing because of this long-lasting bull market.
3: Yeah, I noticed in the Wall Street Journal, I was reading an article earlier this week, and it said that the the uh, managers of big pension funds are throwing money into the stock market right now, and it's really not because they see the stock market as being it. Lost Long term, a big place to make a bunch of money. But what they're really trying to do is they're trying to make up a deficit that they have in those long term pensions. And here's what I mean by that. If you look at the retirement systems that manage money for firefighters, police officers, teachers and other public workers, they're banking, Scott, on a 7% long term return in the market to basically pull them out of a deficit. What is that deficit? Well, state and local pensions have about $4.4 trillion in assets, according to the Federal Reserve. But Scott, that is $4.2 trillion less than the value of their future promised benefits. And so we see a situation here where long term, these pension fund managers are making some big bets on the stock market. And I hope they are right. I hope they pan out. But if they don't, we could see a repeat of what we saw in 2008, where there were some cuts to pensions and benefits because The market didn't work itself out.
1: We've even seen lots of uh, clients come in recently with uh, pension lump sum offers in, on the corporate side, not the, pri- uh, the public side, but the private side. You're you're really seeing, I think, a lot of those corporations trying to get out of those pensions. Absolutely.
3: And they're trying to to basically get that risk off their books because they are financially obligated to pay that pension. And if they can dangle an offer out there and say, hey, I'll give you $200,000 if you'll just relieve me of paying you $1,000 a month, you've got to make a decision about that on your own or with the help of a financial advisor, to decide whether this is a good deal or not. That's it for the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching
1: on social media and for listening. The Get Ready for the Future show continues on the radio side right after this.
0: If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later, because the Get Ready for the Future show is back.
1: My name is Scott Inman. Welcome back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Troy Johnson, Chad Roller, and John Shrewsbury around the oval table here at our Bryant headquarters at Wealth, talking about annuities today and We're going to go under the hood and really help you understand them on today's Get Ready for the Future show. You know, we talked about how if there's a message coming from all the noise that's out there that is against something or for something, all for it or all against it, you really should probably not go all in on it. Because when you sit down with a gen wealth advisor, and this is the way we believe it should work with a relationship with a financial advisor, the plan should be about you. It should be a plan. It should be tailored to your needs and to reach your goals. The investments are just tools to help you reach those outcomes in retirement. We say all the time that we have a tool chest behind us full of investments. We have screwdrivers and hammers and socket wrenches, whatever the case may be, but we're not going to pull out the wrench and hand it to you when you need a hammer. And that's what when you lead with, I hate annuities is all about. Here's the wrench, this is what we want to sell you, don't take the hammer if that's what you need. We're just going to give you the wrench.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Scott, I've said on this show before, one of my favorite movies of all time was Clint Eastwood's Gran Torino. I thought it was just a fabulous uh, movie, and he portrayed that character so, so well. But uh, in that movie, he's staring at uh, a wall of tools that are hanging on his garage, and there's the neighbor boy that is next to him going, man, you got a lot of tools there. What's, what's all that about? And he goes, son. There's a tool for every job and a job for every tool. Mm -hmm. And that's how you've got to look at investment products. Now, if you're trying to take that hammer and jam in a screw into a piece of wood, then that's a misuse of a tool. Just like trying to take a screwdriver to pry something out of that wood is a misuse of a tool. You've got to use the tool in the right way. And when it comes to annuities, the number one thing that an annuity is going to do is it is going to, to guarantee income. When you get to retirement, Chad, you're needing income, and the way we do it here at Gen Wealth is we look at, at what your basic income need is. Food, clothing, transportation, shelter, taxes, insurance, things of that nature. What are those regular recurring bills that you're going to have every month? By the way, taxes are there, so you got to gross that up, or you got to, to, to take into consideration what your tax rate will be in retirement, and you got to figure out what that requirement is for guaranteed income. Then you match that up with what kind of sources do you have for guaranteed income. Maybe you've got Social Security. Maybe you've got a pension. Now, I think the numbers show only 18% of the American workers out there have access to a defined benefit pension plan. That's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics back in 2016. So pensions are shrinking and they're going away very quickly. And so one component of your guaranteed income may not even be there, and that would be a pension. Social security, a lot of people have concerns about social security. So are you willing to go into retirement basically without a net? And that's what you would be doing if you follow the line of, oh, just invest your money in some mutual funds or some ETFs or some stocks and produce income from that. Well, stocks can't guarantee income. Bonds can't guarantee income. ETFs can't guarantee income. The only investment product out there that can guarantee income is some type of an annuity product because the insurance company is in the business of providing that guaranteed income and taking on the risk of you not being able to provide that guaranteed income if things don't go right.
2: Yes. It's all about risk, the transfer risk. So when you take a look at your overall portfolio and you say, okay, I've got a certain amount of guaranteed income coming in, whether it be Social Security and just like you talked about, pensions are going away, there needs to be a certain foundation of income on a monthly basis that we know in retirement that we are going to have the bills paid just to purely exist. And that's the way we look at it is, what is that foundation of income? And when you don't have, when Social Security is not enough or pension is not enough or whatever those guaranteed sources are coming in, when
3: you don't have that guaranteed amount of income coming in, we call it an income gap. That's right. And as a counterpoint, Scott, if you have enough Social Security and pension (laughs) income to provide for your basic needs, then you don't need an annuity. That's the other side of the story.
1: That is when you don't need the screwdriver, you need the hammer. Some of our clients don't actually need an annuity, but some do. So it is a useful product for the right situation. So let's let's kind of boil it down to uh, the basics here. You know, you, you heard the word chassis, right? If you've ever dealt with cars or anything, sure. you, you know you deal with building a car from the ground up, what it sits on, and then all of the amenities that go around it. I like to kind of look at an annuity like that because at its base chassis, at, at its most basic form, an annuity is a long-term investment vehicle that helps you defer taxes, right? If you are using money that is after-tax money sitting in your bank account and you are going to invest that, and put it into a mutual fund stock or ETF, and then you sell some of the shares of that investment, there's a capital gains tax due, right? All right. So if you use annuity, uh, use an annuity, you utilize that investment product, it becomes much like an IRA in the sense that it now is deferred until age 59 and a half. All of that growth, all of those gains are deferred inside of that product if you change investments inside of the product and stay in the annuity and you don't withdraw the money until age 59 and a half, then when you are 59 and a half and take the money out, it is
3: taxed ordinary income, much like an IRA. That's right. And Scott, let's let's point out that at its very core, at the chassis, an annuity is a retirement product. Yes. It is not to be used for something other than retirement right. because there are penalties for taking money out of an annuity prior to age 59 and a half. Now, there are, are fees and expenses that are associated with an annuity. You need to be very clear on that when you sit down with an advisor to talk about one. And that you have to understand that the guarantees that an annuity puts forth are pure purely the uh, purely based on the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company so there's a lot to this it's a very important decision but it's not one that you just uh, throw out a blanket statement well don't do that Uh, because when you do that Troy you're really throwing out the baby with the bathwater.
4: yeah so if you're out there and you're listening to this show and you're getting close to retirement and wondering do I need an annuity well it's simple to sit down and look at What are what do I have to pay every single month in retirement? What are my guaranteed monthly bills going to be, and then what's my guaranteed income? So Social Security, and if you have a pension, and like Chad talked about earlier, if you've got some some level of gap between those two, then you may need an annuity for your uh, retirement plan. The other question I think that probably a lot of people are wondering is, okay, if I need an annuity, John, how much? How much money, how much of my assets do I need to put into that annuity?
3: Yeah, and I think that has to be driven by what your income need is. Because if, let's say that the gap that Chad spoke about is $1,000, then it's it's pretty down to, okay, how, how much money do I need to invest into a particular income-generating product to produce that $1,000? And that's when you get into the art and the science of figuring this whole thing out. And that's, let's say that someone has a half million dollars in their portfolio. Well, to produce a thousand dollars, they might need $200,000 of that half million to go into an annuity and be dedicated to producing that thousand dollars a month, regular, predictable, dependable income that would come from the insurance company. You have basically set that aside and said, hey, look, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to transfer the risk of, of, of this income ever running out on me to the insurance company. Now, I will say that if you can't commit that money to that particular purpose, if there's something in your DNA that just says, nope, i got to have 100% control of all my money, then don't go buy the annuity. Understand the risk that you're taking and understand that you are choosing to either manage or ignore or accept the risk as opposed to transfer the risk. Now,
1: to point out, when you build up from that chassis, the basic annuity, Doesn't likely have that guaranteed income component. So, as we kind of walk through this conversation, we're kind of building that car, right? So, we talked about the chassis just being the tax deferral vehicle of the annuity. The income rider is usually what is on top of that that allows you to take that guaranteed income. So, if you're past 59 and a half and you're in retirement and you're taking income from that annuity, it's the income rider that provides that lifetime guarantee. You do want to also know, as we talk about some of the terms associated with uh, an annuity, this would be a good time to talk about the surrender period here too, because if you are going to withdraw money if you, you want to put this into an annuity and you're going to not want to leave it there for a long time, then annuity is not probably the right thing to do.
3: That's right, Scott. And when you think about surrenders, this is where you get into the weeds a little bit about what is a a, a better annuity product than another. Well, just because an annuity doesn't have any surrender charge on it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good product to invest in, because I can tell you from experience that, that no surrender charge means there's higher internal fees. Because the insurance company has got to get paid some way in terms of, of providing that guarantee. And so if they can't have the reliance that they're going to have that, that lump sum of money for a period of time so they can go and invest it and do the things that they need to do with it, then there's a surrender charge is going to come into play. Where you want to be careful is that you don't have exorbitant surrender charges. Scott, I have seen 20 year surrender charges and as much as a 20% surrender charge on the front end of an annuity. And that's just egregious. That That is not something that you can come up with any particular way of justifying. And so there are a lot shorter surrender charges. But what also you have to keep in mind on this is that when you're taking income from the annuity, it is not subject to the surrender penalty. If you are abiding by the right rules on that income stream, then they basically have a corridor of about 10% of the annuities value at any particular given time during that five, six, seven year surrender period that they will allow you to take income from it without invoking that surrender penalty. So again, the devil is in the details of this. And, and frankly, the savior of some of this is in the details of it. So you understand the good, the bad and the ugly of potentially investing in an annuity.
1: So that surrender period is basically the time period from day one of when that contract, as, as Chad mentioned earlier, it's a contract between you and the insurance company. It's the time period that you're basically locked into that without being penalized for taking out more than what is also oftentimes a free withdrawal, because there is also a percentage of the amount of money that you put in that is available to you free of charge. That's usually about 10%. Not all annuities are like that, but oftentimes there's a free withdrawal of about 10% of the money you put in. But anything above that you would be charged a surrender charge, as John mentioned, and that's basically a percentage of the money you take out. So that's the thing you need to know about the surrenders. Yeah,
2: and he- Scott, I think it's always, we've talked about this, about a healthy skepticism. And as a consumer, yes. if we're going to step back and take a look at it, there's a cro- cost for transferring risk. And if we were to go out and we were being pro- approached about free homeowner's insurance, how, how much reliability would we have on that free insurance? Being transparent
1: about annuities. That's the topic of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We're about halfway home. We're going to take a break and be back with more right after this.
0: Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. Education-driven. Strategy-based. Team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more.
1: Covering a lot of ground today, talking about annuities and being transparent about what they are, what you need to know about it, instead of just the media noise that's out there or even the commercial noise from uh firms or advisors who refuse to deal with them or just don't want them as a part of their practice. What do you really need to know? And there is a lot of information on this show, and if you're just joining us or if you've been with us since the beginning today but you want to hear it again, I would remind you that our Get Ready for the Future show is always available on podcast. You can go through iTunes or Stitcher and check us out on podcast. Any of our past broadcasts will be there as well. And if you want to learn more and sit down to, with an advisor here at Wealth, we are always here to do that free of charge with the first appointment. It takes about a couple of hours for that initial appointment. We have offices in Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Bossier City, Louisiana. There's an advisor near you if you're hearing my voice today, and you can contact one by calling 5016537355 again it's 5016537355 you can also send us an email info at get com. you can also just go to our website get com. there's a button right there you can just click on schedule an appointment now Anna olive is our client introductory specialist who does all of our scheduling she'll get back with you and match you with an advisor. And again, I can't stress enough that first appointment doesn't cost you anything. It is just a discussion. We'll ask you to bring in some documents and some things that we'll need to to get onto our uh, data finder. But it is really just about you. We want to ask a few questions, get a few answers, and see if it makes sense for us to build a financial plan for you, a retirement income plan for you. And then again, Back to the topic of our show today, the investment products will fit your plan. What do you need in your plan? We don't talk about investments, John, in that first appointment. We're talking about investments today, but we don't do it when we're talking with someone for the first time.
3: Scott, I think you've hit on exactly the key about why you don't want to talk about investments first, because it's got to fit your plan it is foolish to start down the road in a vehicle that might not get you where you wanna go. You've gotta have a plan. You've gotta think, okay, how far do I have to go? What are the things that I'm gonna encounter on the way there? How much gas do I need? All that type of thing. That is the planning process. And we allow the plan to dictate what investment products are necessary to make that happen? Because, Chad, it just makes sense to plan first, strategy first, and then implement.
2: Yeah, and John, I'll ask you, you've been doing this a lot longer than we have. How many times have you ever seen the
3: same situation come in the meeting room? Well, well there are a lot of, uh, I'm going to say, broad general, general. Uh, you know, uh, comparisons of, of things that are very the same across the board uh, with with clients. But there are always nuances. There are always little differences because some people want just a very steady, smooth ride of income for the rest of their life. Some people want more income early in their retirement. Later, uh, they could basically throttle back and not have to worry about you know how much income that they've got coming in because they know that they're not going to be spending as much income because, quite frankly, they're going to be, you know, doing not doing things that they were doing earlier in their retirement. So every situation is different. That is why we customize a retirement income plan for each person that comes to see us and says, hey, I need to get involved in this Gen Wealth ready to retire process. The, the, the chassis, if you will, of the Gen Wealth ready to retire process is going to be almost the same for everybody, but that's when we put the features on, uh, the different nuances that we address in that plan are clearly going to be different, Scott, because everybody is very individual.
1: So let's talk about the types of annuities for the remainder of this segment, because there are many. And we we talked very generally about the chassis of an annuity, a, a tax deferral vehicle. There is usually a surrender period that you will need to have your funds in. You don't want to take it out prior to 59 and a half because you could be penalized for that. So there are things that all annuities have in common, but then how those annuities are structured, varies greatly. So basically, your your main types of annuities are a fixed annuity, and that can be a fixed annuity that's just, ha- just has a fixed interest rate, and, and that talks about how the uh, underlying funds are going to be credited. There's also a fixed indexed annuity, and we'll talk about the differences there, an immediate annuity, a deferred annuity, and a variable annuity. And I can tell you there's a time and a place for all of those. So, again, yep. it comes back to your specific goal, your specific need, the outcome you're looking for. But, John, let's start with fixed annuities. At, at its base, before you get bring in the index component, that would just be – there is a guaranteed interest rate for a certain term in a fixed annuity.
3: Yeah, very similar to how a certificate of deposit works in a bank on the accumulation side of the equation is that you put money with an insurance company and they credit a rate of interest to it. Now, there may be one year guarantee or a multiple year of guarantees on this during the deferral period, but you do get a fixed interest. If the market goes down, it doesn't affect your annuity. If the market goes through the roof, it doesn't affect your annuity because you're not invested in in the market at all. You are just getting an interest rate from an insurance company. Now, when you go to retirement with a fixed annuity, you have two options. One is you can just take the interest, if you will. You could spend down that annuity, but that is not going to give you any guaranteed income uh, or you can do what is called annuitization. You can annuitize that annuity. So think of it this way, Scott, that you're trading the lump sum of money that you have accumulated uh, over the years to back to the insurance company for a guarantee of a set amount of income every month for the rest of your life. Now you would say, well, why would I wanna do that? Why does that make sense? Why would I give up a lump sum of money? Maybe it's two or $300,000 to get this guaranteed income stream. And it really all boils down to what are called mortality credits. And this applies to a principle called the law of large numbers. The law of large numbers basically says that if Troy, Scott, John, and, and Chad are sitting around the table here, and we put all of our money in, and we're going to draw money from that for our retirement, over time, the chances are one of us is going to die before the other. And the rule is, is that you just leave your money in the pot. So the other people will have that money to draw from as they get older and retire. So there is different longevity uh, risk that the insurance company calculates into this and they credit mortality to the equation. So you actually get a larger payout from a fixed annuity that is annuitized than anything else. Now, it may be very objectionable to you and we don't particularly like annuitization we don't like giving up that lump sum of money to get that guaranteed income stream we think that there are better ways to do it but that is how a fixed annuity operates and I'll tell you that that is probably the least used program but it is very similar to what a pension is mm-hmm. your your uh, company that you work for if they have a pension they contribute to that you may contribute to the pension as well through payroll deduction and you build up this asset over time and it becomes a payout from the company that you get when you retire. Now, when you die or you and your spouse die, depending on the option that you take on this, that's it. The money's gone. Nobody else gets anything. But that credit that is in there, that that surplus, if there's any that's in there, actually goes to help all the other people in the pension product, or in this case, in the annuity product.
1: All right, so let's step up to the next brand, if you will, of annuity, and it's fixed indexed annuity. So now you've attached another component to this, and and there are several uses for this, but I think of a fixed indexed annuity, and Troy and Chad, you can jump in here, mainly being to preserve gains or to preserve capital. Because what the basic concept of a fixed index annuity is, and it could have both a fixed account where you have a guaranteed interest rate for a certain term, but it is also going to give you the option to attach some of the money you put in the annuity, Troy, to an index like the S&P 500.
4: Right. So how that would work would be, let's say the, the index doesn't go up very much or maybe even, it even goes down in you know a 12-month period, then you get your your fixed rate at that point. Uh, if the index goes up, you can participate in some of that upside. But one thing to keep in mind is with a fixed index annuity, a lot of times there's caps on, on the index. Right. So, if the market goes up 20% in one year, you may not get all of that if that annuity has a cap on it.
3: Scott, I think the accurate way to look at this is that a fixed indexed annuity is like a fixed annuity, except it has a little bit of a goose on the, on the interest rate if the market is doing well. Now, here's where you get into a problem. There are some folks out there that really literally don't even need to be in the financial business that advertise fixed indexed annuities as all the market gains and none of the losses. Well, mm-hmm. boom. That is no. not how that works. First of all, dividends of the market gains are not included in the calculation. And secondly, there is either a cap or a spread or a participation rate. There is some governor on the upside of that. And that's what you have to understand and consider. Just because it's tied to an index does not mean that you're going to get market-like returns. Well,
1: and that's the thing, too, because a lot of times these are advertised as low-cost or no-cost investments. Well, they may not have an actual fee attached to it, but there's an opportunity cost in what you just said.
3: Yes, absolutely. There are no explicit fees in it, meaning that right. they have to disclose, okay, we're going to take, you know, X percent of, of your money out of this to pay our cost. But, you know, let's face it, if you get 4% and the market did 20%, well, that to me is about a 16% fee. Right. I, you right. know, and again, yes, they're taking some of that risk off the table. I think the question is, at what price are they taking that risk off the table?
1: Yeah, and that's the trade off. There is, is that the market goes down, as Troy mentioned, you don't lose money. So a fixed annuity, a fixed index annuity, the 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 appeal there is if you want to lock in some of the gains from this 10, 11 year bull market and not lose any of the any of your money that could be a route you could go. And you can put income riders on a fixed annuity or fixed index annuity as well, so they can also be used for guaranteed income. So we only have about a minute and 20 seconds left in this segment, so we can kind of tiptoe into immediate annuities, Uh, John, before we hit the break.
3: Yeah, an immediate annuity is basically you give the money to the insurance company, and they, within about a 30-day time period, begin to pay you out. So there is no deferral period. There is no interest accumulation period. It is simply a trade. Hey, I'm going to take $200,000 in this case, let's say, and I'm going to buy $14,000 a year of income. And that's just a hypothetical number that I'm throwing out there. But let's just say that that's the, the, the deal. In an immediate annuity, that happens within about 30 days. So you don't have any opportunity for it to gain any interest. You simply are saying, I'm going to buy myself a pension. And that pension starts within about 30 days. So we've
1: covered three of the types of annuities here: fixed in, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities, and immediate annuities. We still have a couple more to go on the other side of the break. We'll talk about deferred annuities and variable annuities. Again, want to encourage you if you missed any of today's program to go back and check it out on podcast. There's a progression through all of this discussion today that would be very helpful to hear. You can find us on iTunes or on Stitcher. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment.
0: We've got live events happening near you. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com events for a calendar and sign up now. We're back right after these messages. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: Being transparent about annuities today, the different types, how they work, and how they could be applied to your retirement income plan. As we've mentioned before, it starts with the plan at Gen Wealth. Not all of our clients have annuities. Many of our clients do have annuities. It depends on the individual plan, the individual need. As we talked about earlier in the broadcast, the toolbox of investments is back here. We just need to know if you need a hammer or a screwdriver, and we don't lead with that. In our first appointment, it's all a discussion about you, and the plan gets built from that point on. We don't talk investments in the first appointment, in fact, and it is always free. To you. If you'd like to set an appointment with the Gen Wealth Advisor, maybe you've just got more questions about the talk about annuities on this program. You can always pick up the phone and call us at 501 653 7355. And Anna Olive, our client introductory specialist, can get you in touch with an advisor near you to answer your questions. So we're talking about the types of annuities. We got through a couple of them in the first or the previous segment. Now we're up to deferred annuities. And there's not a whole lot of difference, John, really between immediate and deferred. It's just a time frame more or less.
3: Yeah, it's basically the same type of thing. The concept is, is that you're putting money in and then you're deferring, taking income from that annuity for some period of time. And you don't really even have to to dictate which period of time it is going to be or how long it's going to be before you take that annuity. It can be open-ended. But the idea here is whether you're invested in a fixed product, a fixed index product, or a variable product, that you're giving it time to grow. You're giving it time to increase in value, hopefully. And so you've got a situation there where you're, you're putting money into a vehicle and thinking, okay, in the future, this is going to grow to be more, so I can take more income from it. But just the concept of Deferring an annuity um, basically means that you're not ready to retire just yet, or you're not ready to take income from that portion of your retirement program, so therefore you're deferring it down the road. So our final one
1: is variable annuities, and this one is distinctly different from the ones we've spoken of before because this one is much like, as far as the underlying investments, much like mutual funds or investments that are exposed to the stock market. Now, they call them sub-accounts, and they call them uh, it's not the same as a mutual fund but they operate or they behave much like a mutual fund the account value in a variable annuity is just like what it sounds yep. variable it will go up and down as the performance of the underlying investments dictate
3: and guys this is a, a an area where someone who is still a an investor could have the benefit of an annuity, but not basically take all of his money and put it or, or a portion of his money and put it into something that is fairly low yielding, like an indexed or a fixed indexed annuity product. It has the ability to participate in the gains and the losses of the market. But what really is the the big separator of variable annuities, uh, other than the, the sub accounts, as you mentioned, is there are riders that can go on the annuity that may make it really a very effective income vehicle for you in retirement, because what that allows you to do is have a guaranteed income stream without having to give over the ownership of your lump sum of money to the insurance company, basically is what is called a a withdrawal guarantee. And Chad, that is the difference between annuitization and a withdrawal guarantee is that you still own the asset, you still own your money, while the insurance company is guaranteeing your
2: income. Right. So think about the pension. If I go into retirement with a pension and I don't have a survivor benefit on that pension, once i pass away then that pension fund retains any amounts that may be due to me or, or you know lump sum or anything like that once you turn on that pension income you are in you're locked in with that income right so with this variable annuity what we're talking about here when you're not annuitizing when you're actually using a lifetime income benefit rider that's when you're actually let's say you do pass away early in retirement and you still had a portion of your investment inside that account that is typically paid out in a death benefit.
3: Yeah, and it gives the opportunity for you to have a guaranteed income stream, albeit in most cases lower than what you would get from a uh, an immediate annuity or a fixed annuity. It is a little bit lower than that, but you also maintain that ownership. And that's very important to a lot of people who say, look, I want to be sure to pass on yeah. my wealth uh, to my family. And, and frankly, that is why variable annuities were created, because most people had a distaste of the fixed annuity. Annuity aspect of this, where you forced annuitization and you had to give over that asset over to their client, uh, over to the uh, from your family to the insurance company.
4: Yep. So, John, I would say that a lot of people that have annuities that might have been sold an annuity without a retirement income plan probably really don't understand that product That's potentially, right. and, and really don't understand why they own it. I would say if you're listening, and you have an annuity and you just have questions about it, you can feel free to call us and we can walk through what you've got explain that to you, and more importantly, make sure it is appropriate for you.
3: That's right. That, that is a big part of what we do oftentimes here yeah. at Wealth is that people will bring annuities into us and go, I don't understand this thing, and I don't think it's very good. And there have been times we've looked at it and said, hey, you know what? This is exactly what you need to understand about this, and it's exactly right for your situation, and here's why. And we've enlightened them, and they did not make a bad choice in the very beginning. Sometimes maybe they did make a bad choice in the very beginning, or maybe they were sold something and didn't really understand it. And, and it's not the right fit for them. But it's all about the planning process. And let me be clear, as we kind of wrap up the show today, we never recommend any investment product that you put all of your money in. That just does not make any sense. We never recommend any investment product until we do a plan first, because the plan is what should dictate how this thing goes. And your input is very vital into creating the plan. You don't walk in and go, yep, I need a plan. And we go, okay, here's a plan. There's a lot of discussion and a lot of conversation that goes into that planning process, Scott. And it's from that discussion that we get enlightened as to what your situation is. And then we help you to craft that plan in the way that you say that you want it to go. So we talked earlier in the show about defining
1: your required income need. What is your expense going to total on a monthly net income basis in retirement. And that is usually where we utilize the services of the annuity with the lifetime income rider to make sure that all of your income needs are met on a guaranteed basis. Basically, you're going to be able to pay the bills. However, as John mentioned, Not all of your money would ever go into the annuity because we have to plan for other things. And number one among them is inflation. Prices are going to go up, right? So if we give you a flat income rider, and there are some annuities, including the variable annuity, where there's the potential that you will get a raise over time on your guaranteed income, but we assume that you won't. So if you get a flat guaranteed check and Social Security only gets a cost of living raise that's very minuscule, then you're going to need to be able to increase your income over time. You're also going to want to have discretionary income. So that's where we utilize your other assets in what we call desired income. So we plan for two pieces of an, a total monthly net income, your required income and your desired income. What do you want to do? And when you talk about, chat, how this is different for everybody, some people want to go to Paris, Arkansas, and some
2: people want to go to Paris, France. Yes. And so, you know, if you do have a set base, a good base, a foundation, a pension, a social security, it may be enough to secure that, those guaranteed expenses that you're going to, you know, face in retirement, like the taxes, insurance, those things that just merely let you exist. But you, it got, you must establish a solid foundation because that takes the pressure off your remaining retirement assets over throughout your lifetime of your retirement.
3: Guys, let's let's be sure that we are very clear at the end of the show. We've tried to be pretty comprehensive here, but there are a lot of details when it comes to any type of annuity product. Is it right for you or not? You cannot go by a slogan or a TV commercial or an opinion of a TV pundit you have to look at your particular situation and you have to make that call and say, yes, I need to fill the gap. I need to basically provide myself another source of guaranteed income in retirement. And that may be an annuity. It may be right for you. It may not be right for you. What you've got to decide is, Who can help me to decide that? Who can help me walk along beside me, become my fiduciary, do what's in my best interest, give me objective advice that says, look, here is the the circumstances that you find yourself in. Here are the options that you have and let you make an informed choice as opposed to a knee-jerk choice that I think a lot of people get into. Uh, I had a client come in one time and he said, yeah, I don't even want to talk about annuities. I said, okay, why not? Well, I just hear that they're bad. Well, did, did, where did you hear that? Oh, On TV. Uh, that, 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 that Ken Fisher guy says they're bad. Well, does Ken Fisher know anything about your situation? Well, no. Does Ken Fisher know anything about whether you need guaranteed income or not? Well, no okay then then let's actually set ken fisher aside over here because he's got an opinion and everybody's got an opinion about everything these days He's got an opinion, but we're not here to deal with opinions. We're here to deal with facts. We're here to deal with your situation. And so we walked through the details of his situation. And you know what? He actually did have a need for some additional guaranteed income in his retirement plan. And he chose an annuity. You may make a completely different decision, but it's all driven on your situation, Scott, and not the opinion of somebody that knows absolutely nothing about you, your circumstances, or how you need your retirement to flow. I would add, too, that we don't,
1: as advisors, have a need to sell you a specific product. We have a defined Process. That's process yes. over product. The Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process is written down for us as advisors. Whether you meet with an advisor in Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, or Bosier City, Louisiana, all advisors work through that process the same way. And it involves asking you the questions to get that process and your plan built. Again, if you'd like to meet with an advisor, 501 653 7355 is the number. GetReadyForTheFuture.com is the website. You can schedule an appointment just by clicking on a button on that website. We hope this last hour has been informative, educational for you, and we hope you'll listen to us again on the Get Ready for the Future show next Saturday morning.
0: See